ESPN Brian Windhorst, who joined us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. How are you? Good. Um, this uh, this Boston involvement, uh, you know, and we, we've got an offer. We've got reports of a counter. Uh, how nervous do you think that should make Phoenix Suns fans who are really still holding out hope that Kevin Durant lands in Phoenix? I don't think the talks are active. I think that was discussed a couple of weeks ago. I don't think the Nets... Um, you know, I mean, I don't have, uh, I'm not tapping their phone lines, so I don't exactly know what's happening at this very second. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Small three Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? All right, welcome back to Switch FM. Chris Mundelkin, Ben Craw, Brandon Lizzie, a.k.a. Whammy. Uh, gents, the, the summer is flying by here every time we think there's a lull in the NBA offseason. In the transaction game, just a new nugget falls in our lap, mm-hmm. Ben. Uh, it's the this, summer this of week, basketball, it, they're calling it. Yeah, this week it's the Boston Celtics. They throw their, their name in the hat. They, mm. they, what's that expression? Your name in the ring? Yeah, they, they toss their name their in the hat to be they, put yeah. on your head. Yeah, yeah, toss their name in the hat. Uh, they toss their name in the hat, and then they have to throw the hat yeah. in the ring with the names. Right. Throw the hat in the, the, the ring. The people in the so ring the name can and the pick hat. up the hat and then pick the name out of the hat from within, Wait, from within so, the ring. That's how they used to so choose sorry. fighters. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you want to be in the ring, so you throw your hat in there? You want to, well, you, you want to be, in the hat be invited into the, the ring. Yeah, yeah, because there's an inner circle. Of because uh, oh, gatekeepers there's someone yeah. in the ring who chooses the hat he likes best, or right? She. Yes, That's correct. And then they invite the people outside of the ring to enter the ring based on those on hat, so on their choice. They'll say, "Oh, yeah. I'm choosing the green hat. Who they like the name? You know, who had the green hat? Oh no, no, they process. don't choose the hat. No, no, no. They choose, they choose the, the name, name out of the hat. hat, but they have to first select the hat. So right. in order to even get to process. the name selection part, you do need a, a good hat. This to, was in the Constitution originally. Yeah, this was how you, they were going to pick uh, the cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ensconced in American lore. They had a lot of lot more time back then. Mm-hmm. Brad Stevens threw his name, well, put his name in a hat, which <sighs> he threw, in, threw a ring, in a ring, because mm-hmm. uh, he's interested in acquiring Kevin Durant, a shocking turn of events. Ooh. Probably a very uh, sporty fedora, if I know Brad yeah. at all. He's, he's definitely... He's a fedora guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a lot going on here. Uh, Wham, Ben, how, how are you guys doing? How's everything? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. But yeah, uh, it's, it's been, been a lot. Lo- great. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I've been so busy keeping up with free agency that we haven't been able to record as frequently. Um, True. The True. work is just piling up around me. I'm uh, up to my gills and in, in deals and calls with my sources and my contacts from various uh, you know team offices. Yep, and of course the league office itself. I'm uh, in close contact with. Um, My sources are going wild. Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter out there. That's, sources that's gone as much wild. as I can I'm say. Start a newsletter. Yeah, easy. <laughs> They're going wild. I mean, they you know, interpret that how yeah. you may, but these yeah, guys listen, are going there's wild. nothing wrong with that. You can't there's, aggregate that. My sources are going wild. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's just a judgment it, call it, on my part. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, and I'll tell you right now, um, they're throwing out trades. They're throwing out contract terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're scouting the Euro League. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're looking at summer league tape. They, uh, a few of them, have gone back, and you know, I heard one person say they're going to bring the triangle back. Ooh. So this is getting pretty That's crazy out here. That triangle's coming back. Triangle's coming back. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Now, can you reveal which team might be doing that or no? Is that sorry? They're a source, Ben. So oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. You'll know it when you see it. Okay. Let's just say that... Uh, and when we this, do see it, we'll think, oh, Whammy oh. was right all along. Whammy did Let's warn just us about say the triangle that this wolf pack uh, who may Ooh. run the triangle got a new alpha via a big trade. I think that's pretty... People probably can't pull that together, right? Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to need a little time to uh, de-encrypt that, that, that Enigma code. No. 
Very interesting. Very word. special. Decrypt or decrypt? Is that a, what's the word? It's uh, decrypt. I think decrypt. Yeah, that sounds wrong. Decrypt is removing a body from a grave or uh, solving a puzzle. Hmm. Decryption. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Folks, this is where I wish we put this pot up on YouTube. The, fa- the facial expressions here. <laughs> Uh, let's start. So what, we're going to talk a little NBA here, and then uh, we're going to talk a little TV corner, a little oh. recapables for Ben. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but let's start quickly with Kevin Durant. We talked about it at the top. Um, KD, uh, his fit with the Celtics. So Ben Whammy as the uh, the Nets superstar. Kevin Durant waits in the wings, entering his now the fourth week into a trade request. The Boston Celtics have emerged as a team. Yeah that uh, has engaged Brooklyn in talks on a possible deal. Um, This was something that Shams first reported, that the Celtics uh, were willing to include Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a future draft pick in order to acquire Durant from the Nets, but the Nets turned it down. Then Brian Windhorst indicated on an Arizona sports radio station that those conversations may have actually happened weeks ago. Um, I Windhorst fucking... Said, quote, <laughs> Windhorst, what a guy. Windhorst, Windhorst so quote, much. Just like know. going out he there said, and just shitting on his peers' scoops. You being love, like, uh, that's you old love, news. Like, you literally love Windhorst said, because quote, he's also like... I know, that it, yeah, ahead, I know that it came out today, so that's uh, so it's front of mind. But from what I understand, those are not, in fact, fresh talks. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what's funny is he's also unabashedly... He's always like, I am not oh. a transactional reporter. You yeah. know, he's like, I don't, I don't get transaction scoops. Like that's Woj and Shams, but he'll definitely undercut those guys like every chance that he gets. Unreal, it's, it's stuff. to just go out there and just splash cold water and yeah. just be like, <laughs> hey, hey, everyone, a, having a good time. That's old. <laughs> B, I already knew that. Uh, but well, you know, of course, lives. Zach yeah. Lowe, yeah. Zach Lowe, kind of. I don't know if you heard the Low Post today. But he kind of said the same thing. Oh, he yeah. Like, he was like, I was hitting about this last week. and So he kind of said the same Well, same I also love that Zach Lowe was like, yeah, I was really working hard on getting that scoop. I didn't but get I it. couldn't get it. And <laughs> Woj did. Like, he just, like, came right out and admitted that he got, like, fucking sunned by his... <laughs> it's such a weird thing. That, like, they all work for the same company. I know. And yet, there's also, like, clearly, like, a fierce competition. Like... What is that? I, well, it's so, I didn't think that. I didn't that existed. It's well, it yeah. So Shams like... is, is obviously yeah different, but but yeah, Woj, Windy, and and Low. This was a Shams kinda... news, right? This was Shams who broke this. Oh yeah, Celtics. it was a different thing that that Zach Low was talking about on his pod, where he was like, I think he was talking. I forget what trade he was talking about. Oh, it was I the two thirty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was well, the two thirty Woj tweet. Wasn't it a Woj tweet or was it a Shams? I tweet? thought it was a Shams tweet for uh, the Celtics. I think I think there were two different things that happened. I think Woj tweeted. I think Woj tweeted at two a.m. that the Boston Celtics were Put interested and in engaging table. in talks and, and engaging in talks which, on Durant. You can tweet and Shams at any time. Said mm. yeah, yeah. Which, but it's like, <laughs> like not go ahead news. and tweet what, whatever team you want. You know, Memphis. I would assume yeah. all. All thirty teams. I would yeah, assume. Yeah, you can tweet. The nest I like, could tweet that right now. That's yeah. Hey, he, what would it? He was clearly what would it take to get Durant. Listen, he was Zach clearly Lowe aware. Has ethics. Okay, he is a journalist first, I, and a and a you know a personality second. Seems, he is. I think very, the Shams very tweet standard. was the actual I, I, Derek White. I think Shams yeah, said the that they had already offered Jalen Brown and Derek White, and they were turned down. So, hmm. yeah, it seems like clearly Woj was trying to get ahead of Shams there, perhaps knowing that. Shams had something more than him, more mm. concrete. But uh, I mean, do we want to talk about the actual substance? I think I'm no. going to be zigging. No, no? okay. Um, no. The real winner, obviously, in this whole battle is Windy, who he oh, just he like, comes out. He, he just comes watched out everybody like skirmishing yeah. and scuffling, and then at the very end, is and just then like just walks over their dead bodies right up to the throne. <laughs> yeah, bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Wendy, what do you, Wim? What do you think <laughs> of Durant's fit with the Celtics? So. I just listened playing alongside Jason Tatum. Yeah, I just listened to the low post and this was the whole they spent an hour and a half about this fit. And they mm. both Bon Temps and Lowe concluded that uh who are our peers, just to be clear. Also competitors. Yeah. yeah, competitors and peers. Concluded that they shouldn't do it. And their rationale seems to be like, you know, your window is open now, longer, you get Durant, and your window is shorter. To which I say 
I don't think that their window is that open right now. And do not talk to me about three years from now, because three years from now, we, you know, we could have John Morant teaming up with Zion Williamson yeah. and, you know, for, you know, like all these teams could be completely, completely different in two years. The window for any team is the it's upcoming one, season and that's it. Yeah, it's it. one year, two year. Yeah. We, we were talking about after 2020, the Lakers, you know, they're going to be in the finals yeah. forever. <laughs> or the Nets and, having a yeah, fucking like dynasty for forever. the next five years. Yeah. So I think... This is my this is very simple thought here is just are the Celtics beating like this is a team that went couldn't beat the Heat, which is again, I don't think a serious championship contender. Barely got by the very Bucks without Ke- Chris Middleton. Unserious team, guys. With barely got by the Bucks without Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton will be back. The the question is, are they beating the Bucks again? I think Brogdon is a major addition and very underrated. And if he is healthy, is like a huge, huge addition to that team. But I don't think they're beating the Bucks. I don't think they're beating. Maybe if Kevin Durant goes to another team in the East, I don't think they're beating that team. Um, I don't think I they're the Sixers. I don't think they're. I don't think they're necessarily beating the Sixers either. I think. I think they had a very unique path to There's the finals. Be a problem. And I think Jalen Brown. They talked about the advanced stats, like sort of marking him as a good player. He's a very, you know what I'm going to say? He's, he's a tall, um, uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. yeah, he's a tall, he, he's a, a tall, tall Donovan what? Mitchell. He's a tall oh, Mitchell. what? He's a tall, he's a tall Jesus. Donovan Mitchell. He's, he's a scorer. He can defend at least. Fuck. He cannot, he doesn't defend. He doesn't Jalen Brown? There's, no, there's no I was under the impression that he was like a pretty he's good. He's tall. That's why you think that is because he's tall. But Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. Those are the people who are anchoring the defense in that team. It's hmm. not like no one's saying to themselves, "Oh, Jalen Brown is locking anybody down," and he's also That's just he, a he tall just, Donovan Mitchell. Wow. He turns it over, you know. Like he he's very good. He does make bad decisions. Yeah, he's very good, and he was you know arguably better than Tatum in the finals. That, that Tatum finals was awful to watch. Garbage. But I guess this is just all to say you make the trade, uh, Derek White. You know, bye bye. I don't see why the Nets do this. Why do the Nets want Jalen Brown and Derek White? That's what are we well, talking about? To be clear, the, they they turned down the trade. Well, so the, the the Nets agree with you that that it's not a. But even if they're like, okay, add Marcus Smart and another draft pick, <laughs> but it wasn't worth a conversation to have. Yeah, well, they want <laughs> to they debate were about a trade that's talking. already been declined yeah. and is old news. But but it, but <laughs> supposedly the best offer for Durant. You know, people think this. I I just don't. What is some? What is a team with nobody else doing with Jalen Brown on their roster? Like that is just a recipe for tenth seed in the East. You know? Well, here's the thing. I think that uh, you know, Ben. Like increasingly, it seems like the Nets are going to bring Durant to camp. Yeah, because no like one it. is gonna. No one's gonna meet the asking. There's price no deal. To, yeah, Whammy. To your point, like you're saying, you know, what's a team like the Nets going to do with Jalen Brown? All they would really eventually do is flip him for something else the real question is like what the hell are the nets doing like the nets to me it's very clear like if your options are to get 60 cents on the dollar for kevin durant or just to go into a full rebuild they should just embrace the rebuild i completely agree Um, or what if they just like tried to win because they have a lot of really good players on their team still or they're like we have kevin durant and kyrie Irving under contract. Why don't we just like have them play? Yeah, have like a playoff and like a pretty Having stacked bench. Kyrie and... under contract is not a not a like but that doesn't mean anything. Me, it's like, crazy to me that they've made the decision to try to trade Kevin Durant for like veteran. Like they want to be a playoff that team. That makes no sense. And it's like, who are you? So your options are what? You're going to trade Kevin Durant for OG Ananobi, or you're going to trade Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown? Like whoever you get for him, it's going to be sixty cents just on the a dollar. Waste, yeah, I think that it's just because they don't have the draft, their control of their draft picks, right? That's the big issue for them is that they, you know, the Rockets have all their picks, and so engaging in a full like we're going to tank for Wembanyama this year doesn't make sense for them, you know, so they have to, they can't trade Kevin Durant without trying to be competitive. And they, if they, if they did that, they're, you know, relegating themselves, relegating themselves to years and years of, um, you know, a rebuild. That's it's, it's not as fast as what, like, uh, let's say the Cavs did, or, or, you know, a couple other teams that have been quick in their rebuilds, Toronto even. So, I mean, it's yeah, kind I of also stuck, think, like, but you want any, they, any team that you could trade him f- to for a draft pick haul, 
is going to be good. Who who yeah. has valuable draft? Like they're going to be like, doesn't want twenty seven, twenty five. Yeah, yeah, like a, a really bad team like Oklahoma City. The Celtics or, draft picks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like none of those teams are interested in acquiring the second or third best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant, for yeah. seven future first round draft picks because they they want to be a team that drafts young players. You know, we kind of jazz about or, the, this. or the yeah. Thunder or the Pistons are not interested in giving up their future picks for Kevin Durant because they're actually interested in drafting young talent. Durant, Durant on the Thunder though. Come on, Ew. <laughs> bring him home. Ew. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Clay Bennett Durant, boy. Po- Durant, Pokashevsky, uh, Chet Holmgren, like all these like Shea? skinny, like oh, skinny yeah, seven just, feet, just like geez. three you know, skinny skeleton level dudes running around out there. Yeah, that would be the, terrifying. The Slim Reapers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not good for anybody. Those long bony arms, just uh, like you know, uh, clanking against uh, people's chins and faces. Yeah. They would, there would be like a collision in the lane and like five players would have season ending <laughs> just like, uh, just like injuries. The, the sound of a bowling strike, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just bodies just strewn across the court. We, seven, uh, seven compound fractures. Unfortunately, we have to postpone the game because 75% of the roster has been injured. Yeah, set strong wind prevents them from entering the arena. Yeah, got to make sure those windows away. are closed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Turn off the they AC, lock, folks. They lock arms and people can pair. Yeah, turn off the AC. <laughs> they lock arms and people can parasail underneath them. I mean, these guys, are, they're skinny, folks. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> they catch the wind. Wait, you're going to explain so, the parasailing thing. They catch the wind. They're, they're weight, to, weight to size ratio. They're like uh, flying squirrels. I see. So they're, they're basically like pieces of paper. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. Makes sense. Skinny. They're skinny. Yeah, yeah. It's called the um, joke box. Yeah. Right. Joke box. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is suddenly very awkward. I don't know what to talk about without Chris. Chris I've really. Never, he's really the anchor. <laughs> Let's let's never, I never tell them. I don't think this. I ever realized how valuable he was to this podcast. Here, I thought this thing was just about me just spouting off dumb dumb takes, but yeah, you know, without being prompted, I, I really thought we could carry this one. Oh, thank God! Right, let's back. never talk about this again. Oh Jesus, that was awful. God, that was scary. Chris, we lasted about ten seconds without you, and then everything <laughs> just fell apart. Unraveled. <laughs> you know, we're like, what, what should we talk about? I had, I just had no idea where to go. I, I couldn't direct. A, I a have show quips, but what? Where do I put them? Mm-hmm. Are we, no are structure. we done talking? Are we done talking about KD? Or are I'm there done. any final ben, points here? We know where Ben wants to go here. Okay, and it's not, it's not Is the NBA. KD, an actor. <laughs> That's my question. Is he real? Or is he an actor? Wait, where, but did, do you, where do they find want, this guy? Do we want to want do we want to talk more. about Donovan Mitchell, or should we just get straight to the TV? I we, want one more. Go. I want one person to answer if they think the Celtics trade is good for the Celtics, because I'm like, it's a no brainer for the. Of course, Celtics. it is. That's why they. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't Posted. do it. That's what I thought, Chris. I think you wouldn't do it. Love Jalen Brown. He loves Jalen Brown. He's a big Jalen Brown. Ridiculous. I do like Jalen Brown. I don't. I wouldn't do it. Uh, what? I don't know. But I'm also just like. Do it. I wouldn't do it. Not that into winning stupid, championships for stupid for it. stupid reasons. Yeah, for stupid reasons. I mean, right. if you're trying to win a championship next year, you should probably do it. But well, if you're trying I, to win the championship in the next five years, I, I would say this gives them the best chance. I don't think it's like I don't I think don't three know. years. How, from, yeah. old, how old will Kevin Durant be in five years? Like yeah. 38, 39? Durant's not going to just like stop being able to shoot threes in like three years. Right. I'm saying like, sure I he might slow down a little bit. Like he might become a defensive liability. You know, as he gets a little older. But like he's still going to be able to. Like fucking shoot! Like I'm just know. saying that keeping the Celtics roster the very same tall. over very the next good. five years, I think they have yeah. less of a chance of winning one championship in that time than if they trade for Durant right now. And you, you sure you close the window to two years, but the window is a bigger window, right? You know, like they, they have a more chance to win a championship in the next two years with yeah. Durant than in the next five years without him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I, I wouldn't do it, but like I said, I wouldn't do it for stupid reasons, just because... You love Jalen Brown. No, it's... Yeah, I mean, I really like, like what him. What is your stupid reason? Just, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, if you admit that it's stupid, why are you still... He likes the initials uh, JB. Let's talk about some numbers. What's uh, No, I just kind of <laughs> like the team. I mean, like, the team made the finals last year, and I think they're probably closer to winning a title than it seems. And I also just think, like... 
I'm kind of like a devil's advocate a little bit. Like, I think it's just very fashionable in today's NBA when if you don't win the NBA championship, the expectation is like you're just supposed to like blow up the team and like mortgage your whole future for like one of the quote unquote like superstar players, which I get Kevin Durant is like arguably superstar. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. (laughs) Kevin Durant is probably one of the 10, 20 greatest players of all time. I'm not debating (laughs) that. I just think like. Top five, sure. But he, good. I, I, I just think that they're closer to winning the NBA championship than it seems. And I would just be like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, why not tweak around the margins? Like, run the team back. Maybe in an alternate universe, maybe they beat last year's Warriors. And, you know. So <laughs> I'm going to give you some numbers. And I think this, Ben, will segue into what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, number seven. Oh, that's significant. Obviously, seven's uh, a holy number in the mm-hmm. Hebrew Bible. Deadly sins. Uh, born in 1996 and 6'6", six, six, that's three sixes. Whoa. Will turn 26 this year. Uh, so that is also the the 2016 draft. That's five sixes. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't going to believe this, but I'm trying to find a 22 here. <laughs> but I can't find a 22. Um, but yeah, I think that is a good segue. And well, he does he play? What position does he play? The two guard. Two guard. And he's paid twenty go. million dollars, twenty-four million dollars a year. That's two twenty-two. Two and two times two is four. Yep, that's exactly right. You these know it. Numbers. These numbers are all, all right. significant. Yeah. Let's talk a little recapables, Ben. Um, Wait, do we want to just do two minutes on Donovan Mitchell? It seems like you have uh, oh. thoughts, Chris. I don't want to. Ru- I don't really. want to rush this. I don't want to. Jump the gun. I, honestly, I, I, I gave it. I gave everything some thought except the Donovan Mitchell thing. Um, but yeah, the Knicks are. I don't know. Why are we in a holding have, pattern for Donovan Mitchell? Like, just I, trade him. Like, what are the yeah, what are the Jazz doing? I, I was I was saying to someone last night. I kind of feel like we've been hearing about the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell for so long at this point that I'm sort of beginning to feel pessimistic that it's going to happen. I feel mm-hmm. like it would have happened by now what yeah um, what what is what is the mystery here you know like what is danny is danny Ainge literally like i need one he more must feel draft like pick yeah he must feel like that he can get something better because i think that the, <laughs> i think that what, wants i think that all Knicks, the picks the Knicks, and the knicks want like all the picks five of the one, picks and yeah. i think the knicks have offered like waiting to see six links first i think the knicks have offered six future first round picks and Ainge is like i want eight you're not getting anything better <laughs> you're just not i hope donovan right. mitchell wins them 40 games this year and just totally tanks because he's and just completely ridiculous. messes there totally yeah totally yeah. ruins their draft equity it's so yeah. ridiculous. Spoiler alert that uh, that will happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it better happen because this this is... If it's not 40 games, it's 45. I think it, the next best I think case Ainge scenario, getting, 50 and they're out in the first round. I think Ainge is getting a little greedy here. He it's just needs ridiculous. to kind of decide. If he wants draft picks, Such he should go man. with the Knicks. If he wants young players, he should go with a team like the Magic or, or whoever's offering young players. But like... Do it. Just what, why are we waiting? Pop. This is yeah. This was so annoying too when they had all the draft picks... When they're first, when they were sort of fighting with LeBron and they had the Isaiah Thomas Celtics, and they just had every Brooklyn Nets draft pick, and they never traded them. And I know those ended up being fairly valuable, but they also could have traded them for better stuff. Like it just, it, he just drives me nuts with these pick holding. Like it's, they're not that great. Just trade Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, who have seven draft picks or six draft picks, where you're, there's no better package out there. Also, whammy, like we've texted before. I mean, you know. The Knicks have an incredible track record. Oh, the picks of, are going like, to be so valuable. Mismanagement. <laughs> so <that> valuable. Like, <laughs> to trade for a future Nick draft pick from like seven years from now, like that's dude. It's going that that's not going to be a pick that's in the twenties. There's a very high likelihood that could be a top five. Although I will me. say that also the Knicks have an insane track record of like never having a top five pick, despite being one of the well, worst in the league every season. It'll but once they trade there. them, they <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when it's not yeah. their pick, it'll be. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be right up there. Yeah, but I think I think even next year, you're telling me you have the Knicks draft pick next year. I'm I'm like, that's not going to be terrible. Like I, I mean, all their the draft range picks is are still pre- one to all, fifteen. You know, one to twenty is like kind of all the of their draft picks are pretty valuable. Even the picks that they have for other teams, like they have the Wizards' first round draft pick next yeah, year. Yeah, but they're like, all protect. They're all they're yeah, protected the to like, like top ten. 
they're not, they're not, okay, all those so three like, that they got in that deal were just me- meaning awful. what if the Wizards if the Wizards miss the playoffs the Knicks don't get the pick but like the Wizards are actively trying to make the playoffs sure, sure. they're probably going to be an eighth seed so like the Knicks have the Wizards draft pick next year it's probably going to be like the 14th or the 15th pick this goes back to my my theory that I think people don't like anything that's not a top four pick I think everybody's kind of out and on non top four I think picks. the I think a lot of those picks are valuable. I mean, I, um, I mean, I agree. I think I think it's proven, in, at least in football, it's like the more draft picks you have, it's just literally the amount that matters, not necessarily the placement of them. Mm-hmm. Like if you have three picks in the top twenty and none of them in their top five, like that's pretty good. Like I think you can get a you're almost guaranteed to get there's one really starter. good players all up and down the first round every year. I mean, and where you where never was know where they're da- going to fall, so you just. Need as many bites at the apple. As, Where was uh, Donovan Mitchell draft? Donovan Mitchell was like 17. the eighth or ninth. Of- no, he's like fourteen, wasn't it? Yeah, he was oh, seven, fourteen. Yeah, was seven. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all these guys. There's like a tr- Rudy Gobert was like a second round pick. Nikola Jokic, second round pick. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's pretty good, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. All right. Donovan let's Mitchell, let's 13. hop. In, let's hop into TV corner, Ben. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> There's a new show that we want to let our audience know about. It premiered on HBO. Mm-hmm. On this July is a service we, we provide our audience, our listeners. People are gonna yep. love it. Yep. TV it's recommendations. The rehearsal. It's a documentary comedy series created, written, directed by, and starring Nathan Fielder. Uh, the premise basically is Nathan Fielder helps ordinary people rehearse difficult conversations and life events through. Uh, the use of sets and actors that he hires to recreate real situations. Um, so there have been two episodes. The first episode was called Orange Juice, No Pulp. The second episode is called Scion. Uh, Scion. And um, yeah, the situations can be trivial, uh, like, you know, confessing a lie uh or they can be more complicated like the raising of a child and um nathan uh yeah like i said he he builds these sets he hires actors he creates these elaborate scripts to create rehearsal situations for the person with the problem to sort of rehearse the situation and all the possible outcomes to try to navigate um, how to best deal with it, I guess you would say. So with that being said, um, let's dive in. I don't really have much of a structure here for our conversation other than uh, I thought we'd talk about each episode. The 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 sort of through line Nathan uh, introduces it during the first episode is he says, quote, if you plan every variable a happy outcome doesn't have to be left to chance. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really fitting and it really like sort of encapsulates the show, which is like the planning of every variable and the desire for a happy outcome. And then also like the fear that it could go wrong. Sure. And so, um, yeah, let's start there. What'd you guys think of the show? First episode. So I think I'm gonna this is gonna be an old two on one scenario here. <laughs> Frequently in this position. Wait, we should also just uh point out there will be spoilers in this uh yeah, section of our of our episode. So no if anyone has barred. not watched yeah. rehearsal, um I recommend you uh hit pause or Go just unsubscribe from our podcast yeah. altogether. Um and I mean, then resubscribe later once you've um, yeah. consumed. But this is no hold. We're not holding anything back here. Yeah. And just, okay, so I'll start with this. Our text chain started off with, I don't know who brought it up, but then I watched, I think I watched it second. Chris maybe watched it first or. Yeah. I think Someone I was said the final one to. We got to watch it. But we've all we've all been waiting for the show. Yes, like I remember yeah. we were texting the trailer. Like we all we yes. all watched Nathan for this, you. We we all we were all quite joy. excited. And yeah, like, we should also know this is a not a, quite a sequel, but a um, this is the, the follow up to, yeah. to Nathan Fielder's Comedy Central show, which aired Nathan for four for seasons you. on Comedy Central. Nathan for you, which wherein is, he sort of tackled um, subjects, uh, sort of small business woes with. Uh, 
increasingly absurd and elaborate, uh, you know, sort of uh, schemes and, and, and premises and solutions. It was so a this master is basically piece. like this is like was... the life version of the of the business Nathan Freeman. Yeah. So it's like the yeah, that's kind of how this, I see it. It was a but also just to say it was a, it's a masterpiece. The guy is the guy is a genius. Yes. I've I've enjoyed the things that he's done. You know, he was on the thirty minute news hour in Canada. He was on. John Benjamin has a van, and John Benjamin has a van. If you haven't seen that, that's a great, very much similar sort of DNA, more sketch, but has similar DNA to Nathan for you. Obviously, he was a writer on it and a character in it. And then Nathan for you was just this like full, like I can't think of like a director who had a debut. Like you, you, you just see it, and you're just like, my God, this person's operating on a different level. He's a genius. He's the Michael Jordan of humor. It's it's probably the best show of the 2010s, like probably. Um, I think it's a. a, a it's a, up there. A, yeah, that's that's arguable. Yeah, it's it's, it's up there. my favorite show that I've seen. Yeah, yeah like, I still like, watch when I think it. of my favorite. Yeah. I watch all the episodes yeah. just for when I need a laugh. And it culminated um, in this beautiful one hour and a half movie, which I'm sure we'll get to. Which I literally uh, rewatched this morning. Yeah. You did? Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it Finding Francis. Finding Francis. With a Bill Gates impersonator. And it's just Nathan just taking people to the most absurd ends of their sort of, uh, I don't know, desires? I don't know how to say it, but it's like bending things that seem normal into these crazy, crazy situations. The rehearsal for me is so far less comfortable less funny and it's hard to compare the two because i think it's a genius I, again i'm not criticizing it but i lost a little bit of enjoyment of the rehearsal when they started to have kids that were being taken from their parents and given to a woman who was taking care of them and then possibly pairing it with the numbers guy who i just referenced in the Jaylen to be Brown. clear they, he did not take he never, children from parents he invited parents to offer still, obviously all completely like willingly legally still uh, still uh, you know observing child labor laws watching, very watching strictly. a baby <laughs> being held by somebody else who's not their parent being taken care of it i get you yeah. who's possibly not qualified as funny as it was the baby, okay, everybody has a choice when they want to get a gas refund and they spend two days on a mountain with Nathan Fielder looking for that refund and he keeps not giving it to them. They have a choice. They're 30-year-old people. They can leave. Of course, yeah. they end up like you know singing songs. and they, It's very funny. But the baby is an innocent party here. It could have been injured. It could have been anything you know, they, could have happened. They, there were no scenarios where they were placing a baby in a dangerous situation. Just the baby not being with its parents is dangerous. Just that is dangerous enough. I'm done. Yeah. I don't need... I don't need the baby doesn't get a choice. You know what I mean? It's not like it can say, I want to be here. I don't want to be here. I mean, it's babies never cool. get choices about anything. The parent, yeah, to be that's clear. right. Well, that's, oh, okay. So, so, but the, but just that alone was enough. And then that guy who they introduced, what is his name? Katie? Robin. Robin. Yes. Robin was enough, Katie. enough of just being there. Sure, he was, there was no real baby when he was there because it was a robot baby. But they, you know, whatever, if he had stayed the next day, who knows what would have happened. It just, that was the thing where I was I like, we say, can't, I can't have this. We should say, so you guys are both parents, so you yes. have like a Visceral, pers- horrifying reaction to me. Totally. Mm. You guys have a very unique perspective and relationship to the subject matter. And I don't have kids, so it's a little different for me. But I will say, Whammy, <laughs> the opening 20, 30 seconds of the second episode yeah. where there's like literal like born identity um music <laughs> underscore yeah. what's happening my heart was like beating out of my chest when where it's like the opening <laughs> the opening scene is like nathan in like a cia ops um like room a control a room with and a monitor like, go, 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 go. Yeah. and like people like with a ladder <laughs> climbing into a baby's nursery taking a baby out of a crib no. i was like wait i feel very unsafe like, no. I yeah, feel that, violated. Yeah. This is I'm not okay with this. Whatever's happening. He's obviously a genius. He's taking us again to a place where we never thought we could or should go, and it's it's genius. I freely admit it's genius. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Even now, the twist where he is going to be the co-parent, I don't want to see children being subjected to this in any way. Uh, Chris, do you have a unique perspective on that? Did you act as a child? Is that true? 
Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, I will say so uh Yeah, I mean a, a lot of a lot of like what's really weird and strange about this show and Nathan's work in general, I think like a theme that he sort of is always sort of circling around is like the nature of celebrity and yeah. like the desire. What, what would you to do be, to be famous? Mm-hmm. What would you do to be famous? What, the what would you do? What, what would you do to be on camera? Right. And so there's this sort of like leverage and like negotiation that's always happening between Nathan and like the people that he gets to be on the show. And in this case, like the parents of these children, which is like, what are you willing? What are you okay with? Like, like he's like constantly like testing the boundaries of like, would you be okay if we took your newborn and put them in a room with a guy who's stoned and who we just met the other day? (laughs) Like on a date. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is this like weird negotiation about boundaries, but yeah, I think something Nathan's sort of always circling around is just like the nature of celebrity. I kind of view the show. I don't know if like how intentional it is on Nathan's part, but I definitely noticed this rewatching some episodes of uh, the final seasons of Nathan for you, uh, in the past couple days. Um, I I sort of see it as like a commentary on capitalism as well. I mean, that's kind of like Mm. whatever. I I sort of feel like everything is that, but, uh, but in terms of (laughs) like genre right now, he, he's often referring to the resources that he has at his disposal for the, for his projects and how he's, you know, choosing to use those resources on, on, uh, you know, like what he wants to do. And I feel like the, um, the people, the characters, not, they're not characters, they're real people. Um, uh, who who he's able to you know lure into into this world of his that he's that he's crafting are often referring to like oh I was given an opportunity I have this opportunity yes um, and they're you know every, every anytime they're trying to you know explain their situation to a spouse or a mother per, per, uh, for instance when they're trying to get the mom's ashes for the uh, the anecdote that the talk the late night talk show anecdote episode right. um, uh, I don't know if you guys remember that one yeah where he has um, to go with the big suit. Yeah, the big suit and the airport mix up. And at one point, um, one of the guys that he gets in touch with on Craigslist, it's almost always like Craigslist or Facebook ads that he's posting. Um, And you really, it really reveals the desperation of people, uh, not just for fame, but even just for some money. Um, Yeah. There's the guy. Sort of like relevance or importance. Yeah. That's why, like, Nathan for for you is set in Los Angeles, and it makes very clear sense, like, that. These are the show. F- yeah. The show feels like, uh, you know, it's not about LA or like the Valley, but like the fact that it's set there makes a lot of sense because there's this incredible casting pool of people desperately to wanting cast. to be on camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to yeah. be cast. They, and mm-hmm. they and Nathan will cast you, but there is yeah a price of your an opportunity. <laughs> price. Yeah. yeah. Like ben, he, continue he, with what with what you're saying. Yeah. No. Obviously. Yeah. He. But he. He. You know compensates people with money and a chance to be on camera and it often you you really the show really well, drives home does just he pay them money oh yeah i'm i mean he definitely well, I think... do, i'm sure it's negotiated but i'm quite certain that uh that there is something some kind of compensation yeah. involved i would have to imagine um you know maybe not yeah. for every single you know person but i think for a lot of, like for some of the random stuff where it's like you know, when he's posting a Craigslist ad, it's like, hey, you know, paid opportunity or whatever. Uh, or like the guy, the ex-convict. The guy, the writer. Um, oh, the daddy? Oh, yeah. uh, no, the guy who... Uh, but who, a lot of it's like... Uh, the, 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 um, sorry, the uh, the Michael Richards uh, fake uh, $10,000 yeah. tip when he has when he oh finds it like God. ex-con. <laughs> he has to open a bank account under his name. Right, And he right. pays the him $1,000 to legally change his name to Michael Richards and handcuffs him for 24 yeah. hours. And the guy's like, I'll do it for $1,000 in one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like, he was uh, like, okay, why is that? Is that too low? And he's like, how about 1000 in one? Yeah. Well, wait, we should get back oh, to the rehearsal. Yeah. Wait, sorry, I feel like I interrupted you, Chris. What were you going to say? No, I think one of, I made a note that, like, I was going to ask you guys, like, what are the things about this show, the rehearsal, that you think are really special? And one of the first things I wrote down, Ben, was, like, the idea of unlimited resources yeah. and money. Mm-hmm. And, and Nathan sort of, like, flaunts, not flaunts, but, like, he makes reference a lot to his relationship his budget, to HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And basically the premise, it really is like at the heart of the premise of the show, which is like, what if I put these absolutely absurd, seemingly impossible ideas to test with unlimited amounts of money? So, and what if money is not an obstacle? So like, yeah. hey, you want, you've always wanted to have a baby, but you have never been in the position to be able to do that. What if I make gave it, you a dream house so. and I could, find a sing, I could find a baby at every stage of life so you could practice what that experience multiple, is like? Could, multiple babies because of child labor child laws. Labor laws. <laughs> or I'll build a like bar. A cast and, of so. Like, I'll, I'll build a bar and fill it with extras yeah. and you can rehearse And by build a bar, you mean the, an exact to the fucking like most Drink. minute detail replica yeah, of a real life Brooklyn bar gotta be real so, in a warehouse yes I do think like a lot of what happens is like people aren't always necessarily getting paid in money but they're getting paid in like opportunity mm. and like that is not a lie like you know well, um Nathan famously uh one of his the the PI from Nathan for you got his own reality show Oh, did he? That's right. On Discovery That's right. That's right. ID. Um, yeah, the yeah, wolf. Yeah. But okay, so on your point, Chris, about the bar and the budget, as a former development executive, Nathan Ooh. has a new... I know, I'll drop that here, guys. A little, uh, little tea there. Uh, Nathan has a new target, right? And that's HBO is desperate for him to be there. So that's a new target for him. Like, they'll do anything to be successful too, right? Like, they'll give him a million dollars to buy a bar how far he and again it's like his thing is how far can i push these people who want something from me mm. desperately and he's willing to, he's pushed them very yeah. far and then hbo desperately wants a hit show nathan this woman yeah. desperately wants to have right. a, he's just a, found a, a new experience. target in these development execs and i gotta be honest with you if i could get nathan fielder i would have done anything <laughs> so i would have done anything he asked yeah. and i would have been no no better than the pink's gum guy the pink's uh, hot dog guy who cut in line and then went on the cruise and got the gum, <laughs> took the gum from the package. But anyway, so, uh, but then the other thing I think is that this is all also when, what was the tagline? You know, any a happy outcome is possible as long as you prepare. I also think this is Nathan Fielder. I think he is way, way more of a central figure in this than a Nathan for you, yeah. where I think that he may have had his own personal desire to have a family and kids and done this show just to do that. I think like, it's very possible that like the rest of the series is oh, about whoops. this storyline yeah. of him. Whoops! I accidentally, yeah, I accidentally. It's gonna have to be me now. Uh oh. Yeah. You know, just like just like the dating coach one, where he like dressed up as a goth and he was like went on a date with that woman, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Say I love you," and look at my like. He he also has those moments in Nathan the, for you. Yeah, or in Finding where, Francis when he. Goes, goes on the, back, yeah, fills in with the uh, escort uh, because right. uh, Bill doesn't want to do it. Right. Oops. And it turns out, <laughs> yeah, so, starts a relationship. So yeah, it seems like one of the other things about the show that's very special, whammy to your point, is that Nathan's personality, like he is not only um, comfortable with uncomfortable situations, he's actually attracted to ex- situations that most people would find find extremely weird and unpleasant. He sort of leans in. Right. That's that's the whole. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's just at, at like you, when you negotiate with somebody, like most people want to just leave. Like they want that thing to be done. They want everything to be finished. They they don't want to make it awkward. But that's exactly where he wins is because he'll just. It doesn't matter to him how awkward things get if he just repeats what he's saying. Most people end up doing it, and that's yeah. what's yeah. that's or a if crazy he just... crazy doesn't talk and just has a blank stare on and his just face looks at them for long enough like they'll just keep they'll talking stop and, do it. and yeah agree to whatever yeah that's like my favorite part trick. of every episode when he lays out like just the most insane premise and, and they're just like just stops talking sure. yeah. or <laughs> let's he try it repeats yeah. cheap chick in the city <laughs> oh my god cheap cheap chick in, like, in the city literally like when he's saying like he just keeps repeating what's being said like right, his yeah. greatest skill is being the guy at the poker table who just doesn't blink and he keeps losing and he stays at the table and yeah he knows eventually everything's coming back to him so yeah um <sighs> just to offer a counterpoint i know that the you know involvement of children it makes me uncomfortable too but honestly, I that discomfort is is outweighed for me uh, by the sheer genius of the show. And like, 
I'm a hundred percent in and like, uh, like I need to see what happens. I'll tell you when the show, when I realized that, that it like had me completely fully hooked is, um, I don't know if you guys noticed this. So I watched the first episode of the rehearsal twice back to back. Um, mm. and there was a detail that I still didn't catch until later on when a friend of mine who was also really into the show told me this and it completely blew my mind and either you're gonna uh have noticed this yourselves but yeah i want to see if you guys caught a moment from the end of episode one so one of the things i think this kind of relates to to our bigger conversation about nathan making himself more of a sort of central not just figure but subject of the rehearsal um so the the whole show starts with him revealing to um this person uh, sort of the, the first, the, the subject of episode one is a guy named uh, Cor Skeet, uh, a teacher from Brooklyn. Um, and the first conversation that Nathan has with Cor in Cor's apartment, he reveals that he had practiced this conversation dozens of Amazing. times before he ever met Cor um, with a an actor that he hired to play Cor. Um, so right off the bat, we're like, okay, so Nathan is like sort of subjecting himself to his own, you know, this is like a, like a program almost that he's developed, right, to help people through these challenging and, and uh, you know, a- anxiety-inducing life situations. Um, so then they go through the whole program with Core and practicing him revealing a, you know, fairly trivial lie um, uh, to a uh, friend of his at a bar uh, that he <laughs> recreates meticulously in a warehouse in New York. Uh, which made me think of the movie Synecdoche, New York, uh, which is a great uh, film from 2008 by Charlie Kaufman. Um, Isn't that called Schenectady? No, that's where they are. Okay. But like it's not the, the, uh, the protagonist, played by the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, lives in Schenectady, but it's called Synecdoche, okay. uh, New York, which is kind of a you know, play. Whatever. Good to know. Anyway, Good to know. Uh, great movie, uh, which I also re- rewatched recently, um, <laughs> inspired by Nathan. Um, Anyway, at the end of, uh, it's kind of hard to like explain this, but I'll just, uh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. So remember at the very end when, uh, after everything's happened and the, uh, you know, the confession goes off successfully, um, basically the, the program that Nathan has developed works on core and helps Mm -hmm. him through this challenging life situation. Um, and then they're kind of doing like a, um, like a, a recap, like a, uh, Wrap you up, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, like a... Um, what do Nathan you wants to reveal to him that he told him the answers. Yeah, so they're sitting against a brick wall, um, and there's and Nathan's like, so that went really well, right? Like, uh, you know, and they um, had this whole, like, uh, setting in a, in a bar during a trivia night, um, so they were doing trivia while the confession was happening, and they won at the trivia game, uh, and Nathan has to confess to Cor that he actually gave him sort of, like, slyly... Um, subconsciously uh sort of um you know instilled the the answers to the uh trivia questions in core's uh head beforehand anyway when he gives that confession core flips out on nathan you guys remember that scene and he's like yeah you you ruined it like because core is like has these like really really strict ethics about like not cheating ever that nathan core actor yeah the actor that Nathan is talking to flips out, not Core. He doesn't tell Core. Okay, so you guys knew that? Yeah. God damn it. All right, you can just cut this yeah. whole thing. I did not realize that. Because it's so okay. subtle. It's only for one shot, and we're realizing that that's Nathan well, rehearsing his confession. It's a couple No, the shots. whole conversation I... happens with real Core, except for the one yeah. moment where they, they show the actor's they intercut the actor. reaction yeah, just yeah. for one yeah. shot. There's and they're wearing the exact I same clothes. I squinted. I squinted. I was like, wait a minute, what? I and think I was because like, of no, the, no, no, no. So that's, that's the, the drama of the moment. I was like so in it. And I was so, you and I remember even. thinking in my head like, whoa, that's really surprising. I wouldn't have thought that Core would react like that. Like I really honestly was like, for the first time I was like, wow, are you, am I sure this show isn't scripted? And it kind of like bugged me for a second. So and then is. after the fact, I realized... Yeah, no, that was scripted because that was Nathan rehearsing his confession. It didn't right. go well. And then he decides in the end to the real life court not to do the confession. And his quote unquote confession is just that he thinks he, that he's a great guy. So, so basically this... his own program doesn't work on himself. Well, <laughs> he... okay. So this is also, this is the thing is like they, you forget that, that the thing that you can't forget while watching it is that Nathan has, 
you have to assume that he's rehearsed every conversation he has with everybody on the show right. in that same way because he did it when he walked in the apartment. Right. Right. He did it when that confession came. And then a detail, just to piggyback on your surprising detail, is do you remember when he's calling the parents of the children in episode yes, two? Yes, and he has the flow chart. And he has the flow chart. Yes. And that flow chart is every place a conversation can go. Yes. And the words are all written out. If yeah. they say yes, they say this. So you ha- that's the thing that like they're constantly going to get you with is that, okay, like... I love how the parents on the... Re- one of the parents on the receiving end of the phone call is so like... Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, why are you even asking me? <laughs> terrible, yeah. terrible. Again, back to the children. Save the children. But yeah, so Ben, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's just to say that you have to remember that I I that tagline also I think is very revealing. This outcome is happy for Nathan. Nathan is engaging. The true subject of this show is Nathan. Mm-hmm. It's not the people he's talking to. This is for him to be more comfortable doing his own work. Mm-hmm. And get just to be his, his own, own life, his own yeah. personal I think that, life. Well, this I, is his yeah, own I, life, right? This is I his own life. I think the secret, I think the secret of the show, just like the secret of Nathan for you, is that this is actually therapy for Nathan, not for the person. That's exactly yeah. right. On yeah, camera. that's exactly right. That the show is actually about making him Nathan feel Fielder being normalized in social situations. Yeah. Not about Angela learning to raise a baby. Right. Not about Core learning to confess He's just using something. All of these that's, people. That's a happy. Himself. That's a happy um, bonus. But like the real true objective of Nathan for you was not to like improve frozen yogurt sales. Him, it was for to Nathan to, to find a friend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In <laughs> in um, <laughs> the guy. Well, like the episode where he found a fr- tried to find a friend and he took his pee. <laughs> Remember <laughs> yes. that. Yes. Amazing. Right. The guy was like, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> All right. I think we can wrap it up here. Um, final thought. Uh, oh, Ben, uh, the Teals are back. The Pistons, the Detroit oh, Pistons. Yeah. I saw that. Announced that they will be wearing the Grant Hill era jerseys for the first time in over 20 years. Uh, yeah. So John ben, Hollinger went on the record to say he was not in favor of that uh, decision got some hate on twitter i am psyched to see Jaden ivy throw down in those jerseys all right do we like those i know that there's like no let, let's let's be honest there's a lot of 90s nostalgia that i think is clouding our judgment at the time i remember very specifically as a kid thinking these are garbage those jerseys stink also yes. the team was garbage so maybe it's hard to decouple those things but it was not a fun experience in 1997 and anyone who's like oh yeah these are fire is just uh, drunk on nostalgia, which I know all about because that's my usual state. So, but all right, guys, Ben Whammy. Till next time. Uh, thanks for listening to Swish FM. Rate, review the show in Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places you get podcasts. Grab some merch at swishfm.com at Whammy forty five on TikTok. Anything else I forgot? Oh, you guys Anything are the best. You guys need good, to to, plug? good to be back in the saddle. Watch the rehearsal. Yeah. Yep. All right. Pleasure as always, guys. Later, guys. Always fun to do the pod. You can listen to. Switch, 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 swit